Well, you know, Sharon, it's it's been about a year now, and uh, I know you and your family are going to form a walk to honor your, your granddaughter, Emma Kate. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about the organization that, that helped get through some of this for you guys? Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. It's called Halos of the St. Croix Valley, and it is an organization that helps families struggling with the loss of a child from miscarriage all the way up to 20 years of age. And this walkathon is to raise money for this organization. It's a 501c3, and the only way that they survive is on donations. And this is the largest fundraiser that they have every year. So we're going to put a link in the show notes. A lot of our listeners donated to this last year whenever we walked in memory of Emma Kay. And I'd appreciate it if you would donate again if you find it within your heart to do so this organization is fantastic they came in they took care of everything and when you lose a child you don't know what to do and you're just frozen and they came in and took care of everything and the other thing about this organization most of the volunteers that they have are all people who have suffered from child loss yeah so We'll put the link in the show notes, and if anybody would like to donate, we would certainly appreciate it. We have a goal, of course, and we were the number one raising walk team last year and would like to do that again. So I appreciate you mentioning it, Jeremy. Absolutely. Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. We'd also like to thank Helping Hands and OSA EMR for their support of the show. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Well, hello, Miss Pierce. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Feel any better on what I do? I, I like your tie. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of the the purple, purple sort of uh, lavender look, you know. 
You're looking really snazzy well, today. Thank you. Wow. And you got your hair cut. Now you notice after <laughs> our guest noticed first. Well, you know, Good I mean, God. I... And I, the last time I was with you, I'd had it cut. I cut five <laughs> inches off of it. And you never said one word. Nothing. Yeah, Nothing. sorry. I, you know, I just don't think men recognize stuff like that uh, for the most part. So did Pierce notice? Of course he did. Really? I, I would think, think so. he would be a... <laughs> <laughs> No, he did uh, notice. He said, why didn't you cut it shorter? And oh. I said, really? <laughs> huh. Interesting. <laughs> he, was, he was jerking my chain. You know him. <laughs> Well, we want to welcome our listeners to Beyond the Mass today. Sharon, I think we got another great episode. I think this one's very interesting to me. You know, I've oh, kind of been I know. A bit this is right it. up our alley. Yeah. You and I. Yeah. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest, Susie Newell. Welcome, Susie. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. We're very excited to hear about your topic and a little bit about your background. So why don't you just kick us off and, and tell our listeners a little bit about you and um, where you're from and that kind of stuff, and then we'll introduce your topic. All right. Well, I'm a CRNA in Ohio. I'm actually practicing in Scranton, Pennsylvania right now, so it's very strange. But I, uh, I, was, I, was, I'm a, I specialize in obstetric anesthesia, and I was courted and moved. And so that was... Um, so I still live in Ohio, but I, uh, I go out there about three times a month and, uh, I've been in CRNA for 18 years and I'm president elect of Ohio, uh, state association of nurse anesthetists. Got to figure out which, what I'm saying. And, oh yeah. And I'm also president of the new society for obstetric nurse anesthesia and research no yeah obstetric nurse anesthesiology and research wow sonar brand new so so you're pretty busy started that. yeah yeah kind of a are, busy are you 1099 <laughs> are you a w2 i or? am i'm 1099 but okay. i also work for capital and so, uh sound anesthesia okay and i um so you know how they do that where i sort of make my own little deal and then they asked me to help them start up some OB practices. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, good. Well, y- your topic today, now you wrote a book called Path And I don't know when she had time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now your book talks about daily direction based on coping mechanisms. And it's, it's interesting to me to kind of read through this and understand it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and why this is so important and how it came about? So I have always been uh, involved in recovery for people with substance use disorder. Um, I went through that at 19 and again in my 30s. So that was a fun little, much more serious when you revisit it as an adult. But yeah, so I've always had uh, an aspect of mental health in my life. And my sister overdosed in 2017. And I never understood why some people get it and some people don't. And so I got back to uh, work after her funeral and I have put epidurals in over or in three people with active heroin, heroin abuse within active heroin abuse. So young mothers who were actively using heroin at the time. And I came back to my call room and I just 
kind of fell apart. I thought this is just, uh, it, we have like an 18% addiction rate at this OB play center that I had worked at. And there's just no hope. Like it's so frustrating. And so I created a group called, well, at the time it was called, uh, mom's getting sober, but they don't love the term sober anymore. They like recovery. So I changed it to recovery path for mothers and others. And I just started growing within that and met Jennifer Lanzalata out of the University of Cincinnati. And she convinced me to go back and get my doctorate. So I did that. And while I was there, I, I used the group group as my project and developed these very structured based on neuroscience coping mechanisms. And so I really focused in on coping mechanisms and and the group had more structure to it than it did previously. So then after that, um, I had a very successful project and I, I, I was, uh, the results of my project were really promising. We did a um, depression, anxiety, and stress score a DAS test pre and post, and they all went up significantly, like way better than I thought they would, which sounded very academic, didn't it? Way better. (laughs) Way better. Way better. So academic. We use that term in the South a lot. You're above the Mason-Dixon line. What's that? I said, we use that term in the South a lot, but you're above the Mason-Dixon line up there. Right. Well, I'm right. I'm close though. You are close. Cincinnati is the Mason-Dixon line. So (laughs) I, uh, so I, I actually, got that published. It it came out in Nursing for Women's Health last month. And so I felt really validated in the work I was doing. And, but I also felt like all of a sudden I understood the neuroscience behind it so much better and understood that everybody needed this. Well, let's talk about the neuroscience behind it because you understood it, but me and Jeremy might not understand it. <laughs> so why don't you um, so, give us a primer on what you're talking okay. about there? Sharon, I the got this. I, mean, I, understand- I already knew that. Uh, what's that? Hush, Jeremy. I've got this. You did not get it. <laughs> <laughs> so in the uh, beginning, I just focused on addiction, right? Substance use disorder. And the neuroscience, I wanted to see, I was investigating what the connection was between because I had mentioned that why why did my sister get it and I didn't like why do some people are they able to flip that switch back off and some people can't Um, because it is like a switch and I began to understand that one the dopamine connection in people with addiction is profound statistically most like everybody not everybody but most people who are uh, severely addicted have a lower dopamine production from the onset. They just have never been able to make dopamine the way that someone who doesn't have addiction problems can. And then, so let me let me ask you a question, Susie. So does that mean because they come into the equation with lower dopamine, they get their dopamine from their substance? Right. Is that what so happens? Presumably, yeah. So listen to how this happens. This I did not realize this. And this is to me so key to understanding addiction. If you are an addict, you basically, and I, I say addict because I, I talk in the vernacular because I work with, you know, that, but it's, if you're a person who struggles with substance use disorder, um, they turn off, they, they replace what dopamine levels they have, the receptors with the chemicals. So the brain says, 
I don't need to have dopamine receptors on anymore. So they keep turning them off. And if you do imaging science um, to see how much dopamine lights up for a patient who is in full-on addiction, like severely addicted, needs their chemicals every day, they have zero capacity. Like not just they don't make enough dopamine, they can't make dopamine. They literally wake up every day like the world is ending because dopamine is your antidepressant, right? Is the thing that makes you go on. And so that's why you have this really crazy behavior. You have this, I'll do anything. I will flip and do anything to get my drug because wow. I can't feel like this anymore. It's the four horsemen every day, but it's chemically the four horsemen. So we expect people whose brains have basically been emotionally shut down to quit and just be able to figure it out. Right. When we say a stroke victim has months to recover before they can move one hand, you know, move the right hand from here to there. But we give people with substance use disorder a month, like a day, a week, maybe a month, 30 days. Why did you go back out? You, you had 30 days. What was going on? Or why did you, you know, or even a couple of years. I mean, it takes some stroke victims years to recover. It takes people with substance use disorder that same kind of time and, and to build up endorphins. And, and so they, they definitely have lower dopamine. They've also associated lower endorphins. So I really started to understand that the coping mechanisms I was drawn to when I started into my journey were very hippie. We're very mind body science. And the three things that I focus on are, you know, the, the counseling and clearing off the table, the body, um, the, which, which creates, creates more dopamine reception because you like, when you say you have that feeling, like, I'm so glad I got that off my chest. I could feel that. That's because you are actually creating a hormonal response. And then um, the, the endorphins, of course, everybody's familiar with the endorphins the you know, from running and food choices. And then um, the spirit part, which is kind of my favorite part because science hates it, right? They're like, oh, we don't talk about it. We just, <laughs> but, you know, they'll study meditation, but they, um, there's no difference between prayer and meditation. You know what I mean? There's just, it creates dopamine. And so learning to quiet the mind any way you want. So that was how I got into it and started to understand what the difference was between my sister and I, because she wanted just to like, not, it didn't like, don't talk to me about it. It just, I I just want to quit and it's fine. And, and she just never changed and never created those hormones for herself. And I created a life that's fairly dependent on those hormones. And so I started to understand how by accident, I got better and she didn't. And 30 years later, she died of an overdose and I have this great life. And I just never understood how we could be so different. And we had, we struggled with the same issues. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so Susie, um, I'm going to stop you real quick because you said something really important. You said, I created a life. And I want you to finish that and tell us how you created that life. Cause I think that's a key here. You know, I mean, a lot of people, like you said, meditation, prayer, you know, people that work out a lot, you know, produces, mm-hmm. I mean, serotonin and dopamine. Um, and it obviously, you know, produces endorphins and so forth. So how did you create this life that was so much different than your sister? 
So that is really the basis of the book because I started to realize each little step that I took to get better over the years is backed up by science. And that's the part that's amazing to me. Like I didn't realize, I mean, I always had this kind of hippie tendency. And so I never took myself seriously. I'm like, well, I just, you know, it's what I do. I do this meditation every day and I do this. And, and I never understood that through making those choices over time. And mind you, I am my brain. I am, I would love to have seen imaging science from my brain 25 years mm. ago and today, because I am such a different person. I am so much happier, <laughs> yeah. so much more functional, so much more capable of handling things. And when you say, you know, when do you find time? And I just don't typically get that stressed out anymore because I've really devoted my life to this path. But anybody who has a recovery path can tell you, you have to, like, it's not like I had a choice. I could either be dead like my sister or make these choices. So that part of it was really clear to me. What I didn't understand and what I kind of learned uh, in school was everybody can do that. So I created through these little choices. So, you know, started with counseling and then I'm always kind of involved in different groups and I always have some sort of exercise. I mean, my big joke about exercise is I'm really bad at all of it, <laughs> just really bad at all of it, but I do it. I, and yeah. by doing it, you know, I, like I run, I'm, and I'm lazy and people, anybody who, some people can understand this. I'm lazy. So I run right. because I, and I, I, can walk out the door and run. I don't have to go to the gym. I don't have to think about it. And I certainly don't have to waste brain space on remembering a workout or how to do a workout. So I started to get a little older and I had a bunion and I couldn't run anymore. So like I had to do something else. So, <laughs> so I started doing the elliptical and like, you're not, who's bad at the elliptical? Nobody, like it's all easy. Right. So I'm on the yeah. elliptical and I'm like, I'm killing the elliptical thing. And then I got into yoga, which is, I mean, who's good at yoga unless you like, you know, someone who's a perfect yoga person. I love yoga because there is no bar. They're all just like, you're so good. If you lie in child's pose for the rest of this day, you are doing yoga. I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good at this. <laughs> so I'm really so bad it at, looks at exercise. Like it looks like you were in school about the same time I was. You graduated in May of 21, same yeah. time that I graduated with my DMP. So tell me what COVID did to your project. Did it oh, do the same yeah. thing so yours that it did to, to everybody? Um, but it was actually great because it was just like we're doing right now. It was such a, it was the natural transition of the work. So mothers have such trouble getting childcare, doing all sorts of things like that. So I was able to transition my group, the recovery path for mothers and others to an online format. And which you I would just, have never done otherwise, right? No, but now so I'm doing COVID was good and, to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, re COVID was weirdly good to me. I mean, it was just so bizarre. My, like I feel that my, my daughter who moved home for five and a half months during, and she's a performer. So COVID crushed her spirit, soul and life. <laughs> and she said to me, um, you didn't have COVID. Like all you did was like have gratitude that you didn't have to work so much because <laughs> I did OB and I never even lost 
but the, like, I didn't have to do all those other jobs that I had done. Cause you know, you, you end up being that person who says yes all the time. And so you're working for this person over there or this person over there. And I was working every day and COVID taught me that was probably not a good idea. <laughs> and I just did OB and I thought, you know, I've done this long enough. I can just do OB. And so that's when I really just kind of quit all the other stuff. So yeah, did, you had to transition your project too? Oh, yes. But that's yeah. a whole other subject. But it, uh, <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like it was really beneficial for for you. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Now, the neuroscience, is that somehow linked to neuroplasticity? We've done a podcast with Gene Stawicki, who is the nurse anesthetist who ran seven marathons in seven continents in the shortest aggregate time for her age. And she had never been a runner until she was in her 40s, had smoked two packs of cigarettes a day and decided she was changing her life. And she did a lot of this studying on neuroplasticity and how to mold your brain. And is that very much so tangential? Very much so. I kept, because I'm not a neuroscientist, I kept my studies very specific to the hormones because the hormones could be directly related to the coping mechanisms, which went into my project. But neuroplasticity is exactly what happens. I mean, what we're talking about is I always think it's easy for us, you know, because of our ICU backgrounds, if I say stroke victim, because immediately you understand the process and our brains, what I, if we would stop saying mental health and start saying brain health, we could really change healthcare in general because it's not mental health. There is no mental health. It's just brain health. And it's all a series of chemicals and electricity. And if we look at it the same way we look at the heart, we can make such a huge difference, but it is really, in my opinion, a very very unexplored science and, and and neuroscience is doing a great job. I mean, don't get me wrong. They've got, I'm not a neuroscientist, but the, the problem is medicine does not marry with neuroscience and there's no money in it. Neuroscience typically says we don't need a pill. We need you to change. And here's how you can do that. So it's very different than, um, than we currently look at healthcare. It's very holistic. So I, yeah, definitely right along the same lines as that. Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim. And most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com or call him at 504-394-6557. How did you break neuroscience down in the book? Because that's interesting to me. I mean, you've talked a little bit about it, but kind of walk us through that in the book and what it's about. So I took the year and divided it by 13 because it 
was more even. Twelve. I was at first. I was like twelve, and it didn't work. So, so thirteen, um, twenty-eight sections of thirteen entries apiece, and then um, I went through each section and and gave it a a theme, uh, just to help me break down how. I was going to approach doing all of these days because I knew I wanted to do 365 entries and I knew I had, I mean, I had buckets of material and I had years at that point of the meeting. So I knew I could put that all together pretty simply if, and, and I wanted it to be approachable. So I didn't ever mention neuroscience in the book because I want, I wanted it to be for everybody. I didn't want it to be highly intellectual. I wanted it to be digestible. And so I took the idea of mind, body, spirit, and the theme. And I always floated it through. Typically I floated through the first three of the section were um, regrounding. And then um, the next three or three or four were, usually involved the actual mind, body, and spirit very directly. And then the last three or four were more about the theme. And so you sort of had this kind of flow that repeats itself through the whole book. It's not really clear if you don't know what, if you're not inside my head, because there's no science involved with that. It was very, uh, it was a creative process really more than anything, but that's how I, 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 I organized it. And then I just made sure that every day I kind of pictured you with a journal, right? So every day you have a, a message and um, a, you know, a theme, a message and an intention. And the intention is always a question. I think there's one in the whole book that isn't a question and it's more of me being like, you know, <laughs> statement, but the question allows you then to address how you're going to change or address your behavior or your actions direct in your own way. So you get to be whoever you want to be. You can be, you know, uh, an atheist who uh, walks and does a vegan diet, or you can be a Christian who likes home cooking and, you know, runs marathons, you know what I mean? Like you can do it, like you can do whatever you want to create the mind, body, spirit that, I mean, those are really general, but the right. mind, body, spirit that works for you, but they, they just keep kind of repeating themselves so that you are through the process of going through the book, you're training your brain to create the appropriate responses. And that's where that neuroplasticity comes in. So how long did it take you to actually write your book? Did you do it while you were in school or did you start it? And I started it in school and it was, I think I actually finished the physical writing of it before I was done with school because it came out of me. It felt very organic. And I, since I had been studying it and I had been kind of dreaming about this and I create this, I, I really have, I create this weekly meeting. So it's very natural for me. It's like setting up for a, an anesthetic. I know how to like create these entries. I know how to make these, you know, points. And, um, and so that portion of it was, 
pretty fast. Like I, I look at it, I don't know if I could do it again. Like I was in that place at that time with COVID and with everything else going on. My, uh, but my daughter I had mentioned was in my basement and my husband had said to me, I, I had no, you know, I I'd said to, I was sitting in my bathtub and I'm like, I, I really wish there was this book that would like address this stuff, you know, because if you're, if you're like religious, you can get a religious book, but if you're a person who like has an, a, a diagnosis or an addiction, you can get a book, a daily direction book, but there's not really something for the rest of us. Like everybody should have access to this kind of direction because it's just helpful. It's really nice to start your day or end your day with a little bit of guidance or, you know, to have something that just sort of guides your brain in the right direction all the time. You know what I'm saying? And it isn't, it isn't single focused. And so my husband starts laughing and um, he says, we might know some really out of work artists right now who have a lot of time on their hands. (laughs) And so I had my daughter created a team and got the artist and got, uh, and she, you know, did all the editing and paid placement and the artistic kind of presentation of it. I had nothing to do with any of that. And then, um, you know, she and uh, three of, you know, three people she knew put it all together. That took a little longer. (laughs) I mean, I've never seen a book like this, the way um, there's, it looks like there's some handwritten pieces in it. Jeremy had had the opportunity to see it. That's your handwriting. Yeah, Yeah. 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 And I, I love that. And then it has, it's like a book that I've never seen before. I, I've, I've started reading on it. And of course, I gave it to the Fab Four, um, Jackie, Tracy, and Carol Dorsher. So it's, it, it's really like an, uh, any other book that I've ever seen. I've, I've enjoyed it. And I didn't think I would so much because I, and when I say that, because you strike me as very bohemian, you know, free spirit, that kind mm-hmm. of, that is not me. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> Jeremy's very laughing, practical. And nodding his head. Yep, that's you. Okay. But I really, really like this book. Huh. Um, that I think was really, I mean, great gift. great gift for girlfriends and anybody else too. You hit on what I was going for so hard because I mean, so what's really funny is the team was so helpful too, because my, like they had me write out, like my daughter's like, here, write on a piece of paper, write this, write all these. And they gave me a list of things they had to write down and, and they did all this placement and I, and in design and they, I mean, they were just amazing. It was amazing. You know, it's your kids or your kid and you're like, you think they're, you know, she's brilliant now I can say that, but at the time, I'm like, how would she even know what she's doing, really? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't, you know, but she, they, they were amazing. And they, um, and, and the thing I wanted more than anything, and what's really funny is it kind of has to do with the great divide, right? Like how the country is so divided and how everybody has opinions about everything and we're so angry. And if you, bring it down to the science. And I, I have that weird dichotomy of being super intellectual and a hippie at the same time. And my joke is always, you can be both. Like you don't, they're not mutually exclusive. And the intellectualism says, you know, that's the family I'm 
from, we had to verbally document our belief system at the dinner table. And if you didn't have enough documentation for what you said, then it was like, well, you're going to have to go look that up because wow. I don't believe you and you don't have <laughs> documentation. So, <laughs> so that's where that like real need to have everything be very practical and clear comes. And so one of the funny things about writing it that's hard on me is that I wanted to make sure that every single person could have access to it, that it would like, there was no, you have to think this way. You know, the only thing that I actually push is open-mindedness. And I, and, and they, and the, the, the editors, my editors, um, that, that would be the group softened my, um, because I would, I would call out anybody. I, I called out specifically politically both sides and was like, dudes, <laughs> you have to, you have to be able to verbally document your belief system at the dinner table. And if you can't do that, I don't care what you believe. Even if I agree with what you're thinking, yeah. I'm going to call you out on that. And um, they softened it, but there are a couple of like entries that are, you have to have an open mind. You have to have an open mind. You have to, because that is actually the science, the science. That's why you have to go through clearing out the past and the history and getting rid of all that. I call it clearing off the table and, and getting rid of the muck because you have to be able to bring the new information in. And we have some bad ways of coping. And those, you know, if, if you're seriously, like if you, if you have a lot of work to do, then you have to do a lot of work in the beginning, right? You have to do a lot of that clearing of the mind. But if you don't, then like you can do a daily maintenance and maybe you just need to clear off that you were, you know, a jerk to Janice today, and maybe you shouldn't be a jerk to Janice tomorrow. You know, <laughs> so, right. so there's, you know, like you clear your mind, um, and and you open that up, and and it becomes a better thing. So I'm really grateful that you said that because that was my goal, and and I do, I, I I'm so phenomenally underestimated all the time. I was just talking to my friend about Kelly. Actually, people probably know Kelly Dieter, but I was just talking to her. I'm mm -hmm. like. I constantly get that. I get that. Like, well, I'm so shocked. Like you're, you're kind of like, you know what I'm like? Oh my God, <laughs> that's totally not who I am. But I, I do have that, that temperament where I'm like, you know, let's all love each other and be friends and that kind of thing. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Well, I, there's a question that I have to ask you. What do you do on that extra day? Oh, in the extra day. So it's um Sarah, do you know what I'm talking about? You did the math. That's impressive. it's the first thing I oh, did. Oh, you did the math. It is thing. the first the thing I did. So here and there's I could actually, not there's a story there. You can't, the math doesn't work out, right? I'm like <laughs> so, it doesn't. There's one extra. Um, so that's that is hilarious. I've been sitting and here wanting to ask you that, but I didn't want to interrupt you. And I'm like, yeah, I've got to know. That's a great question. This is, this is the man who multiplies license plates going down the road. As and soon as you said 28 and 13, I was like, that's You're only like, 364. That's 364. Where's the extra day? <laughs> so I ended what I thought. So, 
So the 365th was supposed to be at the very end. There's this little entry called Leather Rinse Repeat. Ah. And mm-hmm. it's just, so now you're perfect. Go out and like, and that was going to be the three. It was going to be like a freebie. Um, now you're perfect. Ha ha ha. No, no, we just, but now, you know, keep doing, um, now we keep doing the things. This is just, this list is infinite. You know, you can just keep doing the things. And, um, and then, and it turns out I wrote 366, which I didn't realize until my group comes back to me and says, hey, mom, <laughs> you wrote 366. And I thought, oh, shoot. So so there's actually the 365th. And, and we talked about it. We're like, well, let's just get rid of the lather, rinse, repeat. But what we did instead is we kept the lather, rinse, repeat and didn't put a number on that. We just made it the last page. Uh, okay. And 365, weirdly, is be the change. Which is um, the Gandhiism, right? Yeah. So Gandhi yeah. said, um, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. Yeah. And I feel like that's a great message to end on for whoever you are. Go out and do the things that you want to be the example to other people because you can talk all day, but unless you're living what you believe and you're showing people how to do it, right? You're Absolutely. never going to make a difference. So yep. walk the walk, be the change change that's how we ended it so that was 365 and we thought that was a good way to cool yeah end the whole thing great yeah. question but it turns out i wrote 366 yay <laughs> <Suze>. <laughs> so, so did you self-publish the book or so we created a publishing company because my daughter's a musician and we thought um it's called fox glove studios and we have like a fox glove artist page and that's actually growing too which is i don't even have time for it so she manages some of that um, so what well, it's a uh, we created kind of an artist co-op. Okay. And so oh, we okay. use that to um publish and then we're taking the money from that and creating um just different projects. There's um right now uh, probably a workbook to go along with it and then a men's a more a men's leaning version because it's really turned out to be very feminine and um very kind of women-centered. But uh like the two men on the project, or actually there was only two women on the project. So the four men said, you know, really just other than how pretty it is and what have you, it's not, you know, it's definitely something that men can read. So, mm-hmm. but we thought we'd do a superhero one or something like that. So make it a little bit more, you know, and then um, start a series of them, but they just, it's just time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. she's working on some cards that like you can, like instead of a book, you have a daily card that you can draw kind of thing. So she's oh, doing that. Cool. Yeah. All right. So talk to us about the title itself. I okay. know that it was that you changed the title a little bit. I did because it was daily directions for ladies, mothers, and it was can I say the word? I yes, don't know. You like, can okay, say it. So. Well, I, I asked Sharon before we got on, I was like, what does she mean by witches? Because I mean, So we were gonna be bitches and others. And so um <laughs> So because of my whole hippie thing, we changed it to witches because they like my husband felt very strongly. And I usually I don't capitulate unless like he has a really good argument. But he said right off the bat, you are going to like just take it away from people like you're just going to. But what's really funny is that I think witches does the same thing. So it really is. I mean, like either way it does, you know, so. All right. Wait um, a minute. Wait a minute, Susie. How you, you, you said something else. I don't capitulate unless he has real. So did he have data and did he back it up? 
You know, at the he dinner was trying, table. He was trying. He did. He was at, at the dinner table. He was trying to get the data together. And I said, and, and oh. I had, you know, we did. We actually, that's so funny because we did. We like pulled up examples and I'm like, look, she has a swear word in her. <laughs> but, you know, you do. There's a, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, what I wanted is for people to know exactly what Sharon said that right. it's just practical. It's not, it's written in a really, listen, this is how you need to like look at the world and here's how you do it. And here's like, you know, we all do these things and we all struggle with this stuff and don't worry, stop worrying, stop listening to that. And then, and actually bitches throughout the whole thing, because the number one thing that you learn through reading the book is stop listening to that bitch in your head. That, that person up there is just needs to shut the hell up. And mm-hmm. that's a huge part of what I say to people in general is what does the voice in the head say to you? Because if you still have that yapping at you, then you got some work to do. That that voice, you know, our voice. We talk to ourselves worse than we would talk to other people. Else, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's work. We need to work on that. Well, I need to read. (laughs) I got a book. I I got. I got about three hundred and forty (laughs) others to read in here to get that bitch in my hand to shut up. I got some work to do. You got some work, girl. Gosh, Sharon, that's funny. That's what. That's what Pierce told me too. Uh, (laughs) He was so excited about you getting the book. (laughs) I just realized you forgot to sign mine at the meeting. You know, I got my book. So we're going to have to see you. No, you mailed me this one. You mailed me this one. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. So there's, yeah. Yeah. So I signed the ones at the meeting. Yeah. You signed the Fab Fours book, but you didn't sign mine. Uh, we'll, We'll have to remedy that. So how do people get your book? I'm sure. So, Amazon yeah, Amazon. Um, and then at the path365.com, you can order it there. There's also an Amazon link there. I actually have it on Instagram, on Facebook at the path365, not me. It's just the path365. So uh, you can order it through Facebook or Am- uh, Facebook or Instagram. So Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, and the website, thepath365.com. All right, and, that, and I need Instagram followers. Like Facebook is fine. I don't know why. Facebook loves the path, but Instagram is like a hard nut to crack. I hate social media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some so, people have got that secret for sure. So as, as we talk about, you know, the book and where to get it, but I mean, who would you say should read this book. I mean, you know, that's, mm. I think that's key because, you know, we got a lot of listeners that listen to this and some might say, Hey, you know what? I don't have a substance abuse problem. You know, I work right. out, I do this, I do that. I mean, who is this book for? If you could just say, here's the person, what do they look like? Everybody. So this book doesn't preach at you. This book doesn't say, you have to do this and you have to do that. This book says, here is the idea. How would you do this every day? And then it allows you to create your own path. And so it is a book for everybody. And the great thing about that is you can change that path. So it, it you can do it again and again and again. So it's not something that you can ever complete because you're constantly evolving. So anybody who 
lives and wants to just keep moving forward, it's, it's kind of a leadership grit book. It really is because if you look at, and I think the missing link with leadership books is frequently they don't go all the way. They don't go into the vulnerability and the history and the and the need for change. They just say, here's what makes a great leader. But they don't say, like, here's how they fell down and fell apart and got back up. Because it's never the success that is the reason someone's a leader. It's all the falling down. And we yeah. say that over and over again. But But if we're honest and really, really transparent about it, we could really make a difference in every place that you work, you know, every place that you, and because work is such a big part of your life. So it's a leadership book. It's a grit book. It's a book about sustaining and, and becoming. And um, because there's so much information, you can tailor it for whatever your goals are. And it's, we're constantly talking. We, I'm constantly, my husband told me to stop doing this. Like you, nobody else wrote the book, Susie. <laughs> like, okay. I'm constantly talking about your goals. So it's very much a goal-oriented book. So there's so many different uses for it and you can create the book that you need from it. And I think that's what makes it unique. I think that's what makes it really very useful. It's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and, you know, I deal with a lot of CRNAs. I mean, I'm married to one and I work with one all the time here on the show. Um, and, you know, we talk to CRNAs all the time. And, I, you know, the, the funny part about it is, and I, I tell people this all the time, CRNAs are, are the smartest people that I know. And you have certain characteristics that are very much the same, but you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, Susie, you and Sharon, and you're very, you're both bright and smart and articulate and beautiful women. And I mean, it's just, the list goes on with the similarities, but then you're so much different in, in so many other ways. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm taking away from this is it doesn't matter how different we are in our actions or what we believe or, you know, even sometimes what we do, there are things that we all need and that can bring us together. And that's, that's really what I'm hearing from this. And I think underlying you're saying that in a certain way. hundred percent. Yeah. That is so my message. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> He's Absolutely. good about this now. Yeah. Susie. <laughs> and also that was like such a huge compliment. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh, that like, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, I really think, and that's, that's kind of my takeaway for the listeners as well. You know, we all go through difficult times, you know, you losing your sister and uh, dealing with addiction and, and all, all those things. We all have difficult times. Sharon, I know you've gone through them. I've gone through them. I don't know one human that hasn't gone through difficult times mm. and, and certain people can deal with that better than others. And if it's dopamine or, you know, whatever it is working out, um, you know, praying, meditating, whatever gets you through those difficult times. But there are certain people that get stuck in those mm. difficult times and can't get themselves out of it. You know, to me, again, that's part of this, like your sister, she got stuck and couldn't, you know, get her way out of it. And, um, you know, there are people out there, you know, CRNAs that might be listening that, that are having addiction problems or, 
you know, they're diverting and, you know, maybe something like this. And we've done some, some shows about this. We actually had one and I always get chill bumps like I'm getting right now who, I can't remember the guy's name, Sharon, when we had him on, but you remember that there was a CRNA that's actually on their way, going to drive their car off the side of the road and actually was listening. Rigo Rigo, that's right. That's right. Who runs the Parkdale. (laughs) And oh, yeah. was listening to the show and called him. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just so so you never know the good that you're doing in the end. But, but you know, for folks out there who are struggling, you're having a tough time. You know, I talked to somebody today who's getting a divorce and having a really tough time. I talked to another CRNA last week who's going through a situation where there had been abuse. You know, and and this person had just been, you could just tell they were just beat down, you know. I mean, so all those people, all these things that happen in our lives, this could be something that could open that door to healing and moving forward. And um, Absolutely. And that you touch on the shame, which is so important because, I mean, that is my, my huge message. If I could change the healthcare system and eliminate the word mental health and change it to brain health and stop treating brain health like a social service problem. We all struggle sometimes, like you said, yeah. and that is a hundred percent, a hundred percent why I did this. Cause I thought this is good for everybody. This is not just, I mean, it's good for people with substance use disorder and I have all sorts of resources if anybody can reach out to me about that. You know what right, I mean? Right. But it's also just everybody. Like if you're stuck is exactly right. Stuck is such a great word because that just means those that they're, you're not changing, not changing the brain. You're not the brain fitness. Your, your brain is out of shape and you need yeah. to like start working it. And that's, that's what this is all about. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, anything you want to conclude on as we kind of wrap up, Susie? No, I'm just super grateful that you guys had me on. I'm super touched. I thought um, Melinda had reached out to me and said, you should like reach out to these guys. And I'm thinking, no, they don't want to talk to me. (laughs) So it's like, really, it's a new game for me. And I'm not, you know, I'm used to helping other people. I'm not used to self-promoting. So I'm super grateful that you guided me through this because it is a really vulnerable place to be to walk around going, hey, what a buck, like you should buy it. You know what I mean? And I- I really believe in the work that I'm doing and I really believe in this book and I believe in what it means. And I really do. I'm so moved by how many people have reached out to me and it's helped them. And, and I I want that to be the message and and the legacy, but it's hard to, you know what I mean? It's hard Mm -hmm. to self-promote particularly as a woman. It's just like, I'm, you know, well, it, so, it's kind of, really it's kind of a strange story. I mean, you, it was Melinda Rake Smith, Smith who had, yeah. isn't that right? Yep. Who told yeah. you to let us know. And then you sent me the book and I started reading on it and I really liked it and I hadn't had an opportunity to get in touch with you. And we're at mid-year assembly and I always look at people's name tags and I went, Oh my God, you're Susie. You sent me your book. <laughs> I love your book. And so that it, it was, it was like, we just bumped into each yeah, other. So it was perfect. clearly, yeah. it, was clearly perfect. it was, it, it was meant to, be. meant to be, but obviously this book is for 
more than just women, but I'm telling you ladies out there, if you've got some girlfriends, this needs to be in their Christmas present, their, you know, birthday gift, whatever. So I, 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 it is pretty, it's a pretty book and it's a hard (laughs) copy. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And I love that you put Susie Newell Comma DMP. DMP. Now, yeah. if you would have put CRNA on there, that would have been even better. The next I probably book, should but, have. Yeah. Yeah. You need yeah. to put CRNA in there. Um, but, but that's just my opinion, you know, <laughs> but it, this is a great book to give to give to your friends. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just a shout out to Melinda. I mean, I've known Melinda now for many years and she's wonderful, amazing. And she has been, a staunch supporter of this show, Sharon. I remember um, when she was so excited to meet you and, you know, that we were doing this. And I think she listens to every episode. So we want to thank her for bringing you to us. And if other folks out there know amazing people doing amazing things, especially in the CRNA community, we're always open to that and helping support CRNAs just like Susie. Um, so again, if you've, if you've got stories and things like this that we need to get out you know we've got a great platform and we would love to do that so absolutely well Susie, we want to thank you for for your time and being on the show today and sharon i i think we'll wrap it up there i think so all right and Susie, Thanks so much. good luck with everything and, and thank you for all the good you're doing and are gonna do and uh, for supporting our, our crna community and, and like sharon says put crna on there so we can be yeah. loud and proud out there. So, um, but um, all right. So well, we want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. Did you forget? You almost forgot. <laughs> my world. name. Yeah, I'm like, jeez. I wanted uh, to say my name's Jeremy Stanley. <laughs> uh, if they like our show, Sharon, and they want to help us grow, how can they do that? Well, the best way to help us grow is to leave us a review, but make it positive as we all know there's way too much negativity in this world absolutely um tell all your friends share us on social media and help us grow we're in the top 50 medical podcast in the country on the way to number number one and we're already number one in the crna community and there's no crna community podcast out there that gets more downloads than we do so we're very proud of that And thank you to our listeners for that. So, absolutely. Until next time. It's a wrap. As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan.
Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.